Chapter Twenty of Born Again by Alfred Lawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Gabby Cowan. Sageland, previous to the catastrophe, resumed Arletta, was a small oblong continent surrounded by what are now known as the Indian and South Atlantic Oceans. It ran from northeast to southwest. Its stream length was nine hundred and twenty-eight miles and its greatest width was three hundred and ninety-six miles there were a little over thirty million inhabitants in the land unlike the different countries of the present time there were no large cities in sageland the population was scattered over the entire surface of the country at intervals and was domiciled in two distinct ways namely the rural form of dwelling in which a single family occupied a separate house for its own private use and the borough settlements whereby several thousand persons lived together under one roof the great structures known as borough buildings covered about a square mile of land each and were from fifty to eighty stories in height they were very artistically designed most luxuriously furnished and the sanitary arrangements absolutely perfect they contained besides a private room for each individual public reception rooms libraries music halls theatres gymnasiums baths etc no person was allowed more than one room for private use but a family could have a suite of apartments in proportion to its own number the reception rooms music halls theatres libraries gymnasiums baths etc were entirely public and all persons were at liberty to come or go as they pleased the room in which you are now seated was my own private apartment in a borough building which was occupied by seven thousand people i have already explained the method whereby we received our sustenance the different air-formed substances being piped directly from the laboratories to the consumers personal apartments thus obviating the necessity for dining halls and kitchens there being no such agency as commerce in sageland through which the necessities of life were bought sold exchanged or stolen there was of course no need for such establishments as wholesale or retail stores banks etc neither were there any jails great national workshops laboratories and storehouses a national auditorium art gallery museum and observatories were the only buildings erected besides the rural and borough dwellings the chief industries of our people were planting reaping condensing and distributing dietary substances manufacturing such things as machinery clothing paints musical and scientific instruments and building railroads steamships mail service the telegraph and the telephone had become obsolete with the sagemen in the first place it was not necessary for men to travel at all in person 
for by the power of mind sight they were able to see what took place at any particular place on earth and also they were capable of communicating with each other telepathically at any distance just as easily as i am now conversing with you great centrifugal and centripetal engines capable of transplanting any quantity of material from one place to another were constructed from carrying purposes while automatic transmuting machines by which one element could be turned into another cut down the necessity of transportation to a minimum machinery directed by the human mind and deriving its power from the sun and other forces of nature did all the sage man's laborious work the sage man's discovery and partial utilization of the two great forces of nature centrifugal and centripetal power were the causes of his final destruction however for he not only used them advantageously here by that method actually tried to regulate the earth's course in a space to suit himself and furthermore he not only contemplated steering his own world in whatever direction or part of the heavens he might choose but his ultimate plans were to visit inhabit and control the movements of all the great bodies of the universe these laudable purposes while no doubt practical failed by being undertaken prematurely as forewarned by many of our ablest thinkers who unfortunately were in the minority when the question of making the initial trial was voted upon and by this failure the earth was rent in a fearful manner its map considerable altered the sage land and its people wiped out of existence entirely many millions of ape-men who inhabited the balance of the globe at that time must also have perished from the effects of the awful convulsion which no doubt shook the earth to its core and so it was i presume the upset atmospheric conditions of the air resulting from this catastrophe forty two hundred and thirty years ago that is responsible for the legend by which the ape-man blames the creator for sending a flood to destroy the inhabitants of the world good and bad alike but notwithstanding his superior intellectuality the sage-man was far from being infallible he often made mistakes as he relentlessly struggled along in search of knowledge natural law teaches that the main object of life is to absorb concentrate and utilize intelligence intelligence rules the universe the sage-man considered it its duty to first control himself then the earth and finally the universe but he became impatient and wanted to explore the heavens before he had assimilated all terrestrial life and concentrated sufficient power to ensure success he was anxious to control new worlds before he had put his own into the best order had he waited until the ape-man and other living particles could have reached the same state of intelligence as himself and then concentrated and utilized the combined mental strength of the whole to solve the great problem 
no doubt he would have been more successful in his first attempt at universal navigation however he tried and failed and by that failure thoroughly demonstrated the futility of one part of humanity trying to rush ahead the whole and the absolute necessity for all mankind to work unitedly and harmoniously and go forward as a unit to accomplish the greatest results within its power but inquired i what law or chance was it that destroyed all of your countrymen and still preserved you through all these ages that is the most remarkable circumstance of the whole affair answered arletta as she cast a loving glance in the direction of the leader of the band and then reverently pointing toward him she continued he was the foremost man of his day and it was generally conceded by all of our people that he was the greatest man the earth ever produced like sage the founder of our government he lived entirely for others his sole aim in life was to make better the conditions of all living things to make hardship sorrow suffering or misery an impossibility on earth in order to be of the greatest service to others he knew that he must not only be unselfish but also build up his body brain and character to the very highest degree of efficiency and perfection and he did so he built himself up from a physical mental and moral standpoint until it seemed to others that he was the personification of intelligence love virtue and magnificence while possessing the greatest brain power still he was the most humble man in sageland although a giant in physical strength yet he was as gentle as a lamb he was the greatest thinker of all the time but there was no room in his brain for an impure thought notwithstanding he was still a young man being but fifty years of age nevertheless he had attained distinct success and fame as the musician composer scientist inventor architect and athlete he endeavoured to unravel all the mysteries of nature which attracted his attention one of the many occult forces he experimented with was human magnetism it was his belief that man could preserve himself indefinitely either in a state of animation or suspended vitality by the strength of his own will-power he often said that barring accidents he would live to be a thousand years old in order that he might thoroughly study the subject and discover if possible the exact forces that caused life and death he often used me as an example for his experiments many times he had caused me to lie in a trance for several months duration without the slightest change in my appearance showing itself while my aid was necessary to suspend animation yet when once under the influence of the strange forces by which it was accomplished my senses departed entirely and i had no power to revive myself but had to depend upon him to restore consciousness ten days prior to the date set for the first trial whereby man was to navigate the earth in space 
i allowed him to put me under the spell of these influences and although it seems like yesterday that it happened still over forty-two centuries have since passed by uncounted billions of human beings have lived suffered and died since that time but the same soul which guided the magnificent being who put me into that trance has lived through it all and by a mysterious power has finally returned to release my soul from its incarceration it was a natural law which caused me to sleep peacefully through all those centuries and likewise it was according to nature's principle that you were brought back here to awaken me the seed of united labor sown by the immortal sage which proved so prolific in love and progress to the sage men was not entirely destroyed by the great catastrophe but lay smouldering in this tomb during the dark ages of superstition ignorance and cruel civilization that have since elapsed and must now be replanted in the soil of human hearts and its benevolent results spread throughout the earth offering peace and goodwill to all living things and you who are guided by the soul of my final consort Cedarleta, as the full rays of her luminous eyes were fastened upon me i entreat you to go forth as a messenger of truth and justice and teach the principles of natural law to all of your species end of chapter twenty recorded by gabby cowan in kingston ontario canada